0: Hey, what's going on? It's Kyle Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for May twenty first, two thousand and nineteen. What's going on? How are you going? Uh, if you've just come off the everything I've watched, have you? What are you? What do you? What are you doing with your life? Are you just uh, just listening to a guy talk about movies? Just sitting in his house, talking about films. Okay, nothing against you, nothing against you. Hopefully you've grabbed a coffee though, because we're going to be here for a while. Um, I wouldn't say too long, but um, I've got a lot to talk about on this podcast. Now, this one's not going to be a film podcast per se, um, I know it's called KC at the Movies, but we may as well call this KC at the, in the fucking living room, because we're not going to be talking about film today, we're going to talk about a TV show, and it's one of my favourite TV, uh, TV shows of all time, and it ended... On Monday. Sunday for America. I'm sorry to say, but we'll be talking about, on this episode, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones. And we're going to be talking about that finale. Um, Because I've got some things to say, and I want to say them. And, um, you know, you can give me your thoughts. You can tell me to go fuck myself. That's fine. I don't really, I don't mind. Give it to me. (laughs) But I've got some things to say because I've got a lot of thoughts about it, and I want to just really um, divulge them over this course of the podcast. So um, for for you know I, I haven't really mentioned Game of Thrones that much on the podcast, I don't think. It's, but I've been mentioning it this year because this is the final season of the show, and um, this is the wrap up. Like how we're we going, how are they going to wrap up eight eight years? Of, um, because I believe it started in 2011, eight years, yeah. Eight years of story, eight years of character arcs, um, intrigue. Who the hell's gonna sit on that fucking chair? It's like. It's like, uh. musical chairs, but, uh, with a slow haunting score instead of a, uh, Song about bears, they're eating porridge. Um, that is a game too, like, yeah. But yeah, let's talk about it. Um, so yeah, it's Game of Thrones is, it's one of my favourite TV shows. Um, it's probably second, my second favourite TV show of all time behind Breaking Bad, which is my, my favourite TV show of all time. I think it's one of the best shows ever created. And uh, we'll be get we'll talk about Breaking Bad later on, because I've got some things to say about that. But um, Game of Thrones is very special to me. It's it's a very very special show. I haven't read the books. I've just been a, I've been a TV show watcher. But after watching now after watching the show, I think I am going to read the books because um, I think there's a lot. I know that there's a lot more details there, especially with the writing of George R, R. Martin. Um. And um. I know that there's a lot to kind of explore there, and uh, I, I've heard that from a lot of people. I've just been watching the TV show And I've fucking enjoyed it I've loved it I've loved this TV show Ever since I uh, Heard about it From a friend in high school In 2012 And I'd started watching After season 2 Had just finished So I pretty much started When season 3 started Um, As soon as season 3 aired I watched it And then I watched from season 3 Until the end Episode 8 Sorry season 8 Episode 6 And um, it's been a lot It's been just I've never seen a show like it I've never seen, like, a medieval show kind of feeling like a bit of a soap opera but being very real at the same time, very rich dialogue, a lot of political intrigue, and masterful and technical filmmaking. It's incredible. Like, the amount of people that raved about this show back, like, years ago, and then, you know, compared to now, like, you know, we all know what happened now, but the amount of people that were talking about this show years ago... Has been staggering, and you hear it online. You hear it. It's a it's a big it's a very big part of pop culture nowadays. And um, it was a, it was a it's a huge thing. It still is a huge thing. People are still talking about that finale. That was two days ago. Um, well, one day ago, but it's going to be fucking like Wednesday and ten So yeah, people are still talking about it. People are still reeling from what happened because we got a wrap up what we thought was a wrap-up, really, Um, to just such... one of the most epic television shows I've ever seen. Fucking incredible. Like, Avengers End... like, Like, Avengers Endgame, like, epic. Like, shit was going down. They were like, holy shit, how are they doing this? And why is this show so fucking good? And to me, it was always the writing... It was the characters. It was, and it was definitely the plotting and the intrigue and 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 the, and the backstabbing and and everything about it. It was, it was just so fucking good. And um, it led to what I thought was a very lackluster finale. And we'll be talking about that in a minute. But um, let's talk more about let's talk more about it. Um, my favourite se- seasons have been seasons one to four. I loved. I do like five and six, especially six. I think six is better than five. Um, but but five also has hard home, but you know. But rest of it, I don't think is as good as season six. But season one to four to me have been were incredible. I think season four is my favourite season, and it's a mix of big spectacle episodes, battle episodes, as I call as I've named them here, and big moment episodes where things have either characters have. Perished, or a lot of things that have happened um, to advance the plot, and just just a lot of just a lot of wow moments. Game of Thrones is well known for its shocking moments and how it um, how they play out. Very very, it may seem nihilistic, but it's very very effective. And uh, that is in turn, the early seasons are in, are are in favour um, because. Uh, of George R. R. Martin's writing writing. They've got his books and the source of um, you know of, of the um, of the characters and everything like that. They're from the books. Um, there's about six of them at the moment, six. and um, he's supposed to be writing his last book and we haven't um, we haven't heard much about that. It was leaked that someone said that he finished it. he didn't finish it. He puts very, very quickly shut that down. But um, it's just been... It's been an amazing show. And it's really, really gone downhill. It's gone from the big battle scenes... Like the the Battle of Castle Black... The Battle of Hardhome... Battle of the North... The loot train attack... Even in the later season... Season 7. And... Um, what has happened in this Season 8... I definitely think has gone more spectacle... Over... Better... Uh, over good writing. Um, but... Nevertheless... I can't discredit anybody because these earlier seasons were just so masterful. And um, it's just fucking juicy television. (laughs) I don't know if anyone's used that one, but juicy, juicy fucking television. Um, You've got so many moments with the characters that you really care about. I think uh, Daenerys was my favorite. I think that Tyrion is now my favorite. Um, now Arya being second, I believe, would be would be Arya, but everyone likes Tron Snow, you sons are Stark, um, Ned Stark, um, you know, everyone knows, oh, by, by the way, this podcast is going to be full of fucking spoilers, so if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, this is not be the podcast to get you to watch Game of Thrones, as I said beforehand, and as you'll see in the title of this episode, I will be talking about the finale, which means I'll be talking about everything that has happened in Game of Thrones, not every, like, single thing, but, like, m- the whole story and how we've got there to the, to the finale. And I'll be talking about the finale as well. Um, but, and people, you, you hear about these things like the Red Wedding, the Purple Wedding. You hear about the amazing monologue given by um, Peter Dinklage playing Tyrion in The Laws of Gods of Men, which is episode six of season four. You've got the Mount and the Viper fight where Oberon gets his face popped like a fucking pimple. Holy shit. I remember being in my lounge room. I remember being in my lounge room, seeing that, and just saying, Holy shit. Holy fuck. What the fuck is that? What the fuck am I watching right now? Where did that come from? You think he's got the upper hand, and then he gets his face popped. Jesus Christ, what a headache. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, And then you've got great characters that have perished as well, like Hodor. You have Tywin, which is, even though he was such a little fucking bastard, he was... Charles Dance is a fantastic actor. And the way he played Tywin, Lannister, was, was just was just incredible. Like, holy shit. Everything he said. All the lines. There are so many great scenes that you can pull up on YouTube and just say, this is from this show. Like, this is how fucking good this is. And yes, they were kind of, you know, going off the books as well, but I think they were, they were also injecting some of their own stuff as well. And the way they was, these were written, the ways these episodes were directed, great, great stuff. And I have to I have to praise the acting as well. These these actors that were just first time. Amelia Clarke has only been in, the, I think, a few things before playing Daenerys Targaryen, and and just being that great on the show. Um, Peter Dinklage, I knew from a few things, but here is everyone knows him now is Tyrion Lannister. So, this is what this is what this show has done to these people. Lena Headey, everyone knows that's Cersei Lannister. Um, Jack Gleason, who was the little kid in Batman, that's fucking Joffrey Baratheon, that little cunt. Like this is what this show has done to these people. This is what the sh- this is how much impact this one television show has had globally. It is incredible. Almost all scenes are filled with great dialogue and power struggle, and then even even in the episodes between you might see them as filler, but they've still got great dialogue and they've still, I was never once bored during an episode. I don't think the first episode or the second se- se- first season or the second season is slow. Every single episode is great. Um, I'm not going to say like they're the best. I've got my favorite episodes, but I think that every single episode is good. Um, except the later seasons, which we'll be talking about in a very hot minute. Um, the writing has been excellent. But I think definitely has suffered during season 7 and 8. And uh, we've ended in, in a very rushed and uh, pretty much p- poor execution. Season 8 especially. Um, now I know that, I think it was last week, where I talked about... I was being, I was fine with these episodes and fine with what I was getting. But I've had, after, especially after watching the finale and after everything that has happened in this show. I... I've had a, I've had to think about it. I've had more time to reflect on my feelings and when I think about this whole this whole show and how it's wrapped up and I it I I don't feel satisfied at all. I don't feel like this has been I don't feel like this show stuck the landing. Let's say that. Um it's it's kind of sad to be honest. Um, now I know last week I said, yeah, no, I don't really care, well wow, I liked all this stuff. But now after seeing, after just having a think, just reflecting, looking at everything, looking at the, the quality of the earlier seasons compared to the quality of these later seasons, and just having more time to really process all that, like the show's sort of fucking done during these last seasons, um, given more time, I'll, I'll say, um, this is these are now my true thoughts on this show and especially this finale. So let's go on to it. Let's talk about the season 8 finale of Game of Thrones titled The Iron Throne, which is you know kind of appropriate because this show's all been about the this show has been about the houses struggling to get to that special special chair and running the seven kingdoms known as Westeros. So let's get to it. It's written and directed by David Benioff and Debbie Wise, who are also the showrunners of the show, the people who have chosen to adapt the source material of the great George R.R. Martin. And uh, this this is what I'm going to say. It's an okay to good finale. Uh, I appreciate that it didn't go really to a nihilistic kind. It didn't go in a really nihilistic way, especially after what we got during The Bells. Holy shit. Um, But ultimately, I didn't because, you know, Game of Thrones is known for its, like, shocking moments and, like, just people just saying, oh, George R. Martin just fucking hates his characters. You love a character? That character's going to die. That's going to die, 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 die. And his later seasons, you think that and then the character survives. Holy shit. Grey Worm, from season four, I think, season four and five, he fucking made it all the way. He made it all the way. He did not die. Grey Worm. Dickless Grey Worm. Get <laughs> it all away. Shit. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't feel satisfied with this, this finale. I didn't feel this show wrapped... I didn't feel this finale wrapped everything up. I think it's extremely rushed and it's very poorly executed. Um, I liked the first half, but as soon as Jon kills Daenerys, it really goes downhill. Um, And I'm going to get to that right now. I don't want to sound like a Sookie Lala, but we need to talk about all this shit. So I didn't feel so... I liked the beginning where Tyrion and Jon and Davos are running, like, walking through the rubble. And they've just seen this destruction of what has gone down during this last episode. And what Daenerys has done to King's Landing. She's completely leveled. it. She's destroyed everyone. She's killed a million, a million people. Um, I believe Tyrion said in the uh, earlier episode that was a, there is a million people in King's Landing, so he is she has killed women, men, women, children, a lot of innocent people have perished because of Daenerys's you know uh, new tyranny, and that's what she doesn't want to do. She didn't want to be a tyrant, but she became one, and she think you know I feel it was just. Now, after seeing this finale... Unnecessary. And, uh... Very rushed. I know I said... Oh, but it's been... You know... It was leading to this... She was... She was the queen... But now, after just getting this finale... And having more time to think about it... No... I just think there should have been more time given to that... Um... I... That's why I didn't feel anything when she died. I thought it was a cool... It was... It was creative how John did it... How he... He... Got her... You know... Appealed to her... Um... You know... You always be my queen... And, um, you know, getting close to her and, and then stick the knife in her gut, on the, the heart, in the heart, I think. You know, stabbed it right in the heart, literally. Um, you know, it's just like that, she's gone. Like, just like that, a very impactful character is gone. Ned Stark is in one fucking season of the show. And that was so impactful when he dies in Baylor, in, in the, um... Episode nine of season one. When he gets executed by Joffrey, you feel that because he's fuck. First of all, he's brilliantly acted by Sean Bean and well written, and he has had so much you know impact on the Starks. Like he he um with you know with Catelyn, with um how he how he brings up Arya Sansa, he treats um John like a part of the family, even though Catelyn doesn't. Catlin sees him as kind of an outcast because he's a bastard. But you felt that. It's shocking. It is shocking, but it's still effective. And there's a cause. There's a cause. And he... And he there's a cause and effects because he did that. He got himself in that position. He wasn't just killed. He got himself in that position and you saw that happen over the season. And then you see the consequences. And that's why I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything when Daenerys died. And she was my favorite character for most of the seasons. I didn't feel anything. At all. Because I just think her whole arc during these seasons, her propulsion to becoming the Mad Queen, has been very, very rushed. And, you know, she she's all about being good and she's all about saving people. Whether she's, you know, crucified people, she's, um, she's crucified bad people, she's killed sla- slavers the slave masters and everything like that to liberate people that's her message to liberate people and I get that her you know Masande has just been I mean that, because that's all rushed again Masande getting killed Jorah getting killed in Battle of Winterfell just just, a, just a snap like that now I, I just I just realise now I'm just like no that doesn't it's not natural it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right and I think it's just it's very rushed to her becoming Mad Queen um, Daenerys. So I didn't feel like th- her her death and your sympathy that you're supposed to feel with her death, if you are supposed to feel sympathy, was earned. I didn't feel that was earned, and I think it needed more. Her turn needed more natural progression. Let's uh, either of, over a season or a few seasons, but definitely not over like th- what two episodes, three episodes. That She just fucking turns like that. Um, so yeah, I know I'm contradicting myself right now because of what I said in the earlier seasons, but as I said, I've just had more time to think about it and this is what I think now. This is my actual true feelings right now. I think Amelia Clark has come a long way. She's, as I said, she was in a few things before she started this show and her acting has, you know, gone from alright to good, really good. Um, her, her acting in the bells was great and you could really buy her as Daenerys Targaryen. Um, I liked the kind of, I guess it was poetic that Drogon burnt the throne because, you know, that's what killed her, her power, her, her lust for the power to be the queen. That's what the killed her. That's what destroyed her because that was going to affect a lot more people. And Jon was the one to save everyone. So you could kind of see it like that. He's destroying the thing that killed her. Um, and her, you know, her, her, him scooping up, um, you know, Daenerys and, and flying off. Where are they going? I don't know. But um, that was really, I was really nice too. I, I did like that moment. So that was all well and good. I liked the conversation between Tyrion and Jon in the prison, uh, in the dungeon, I should say. That was all well and good. And then we get to where this episode just just goes flat, just flatlines for for me. Just what the fuck? Um, and this it just because of this ending, I always say that your film. I mean, it's a saying really known in the film in film, film community, but your film is as good has to be as good as its ending. Um, so and and it has to have a good ending. And I, I judge films off by. Uh, looking at them, I mean, I don't always try to judge them, but when I look at a film and I see its problems and everything like that, and I, especially if I think it's a bad ending. I talked about Izzy Gets a Fuck Across Town last week, and I said that it was a good film, and it's a nice real road film. I liked McKenzie's performance, but the ending just ruined it. The, and it. And I think an ending can really ruin a film, and especially an ending can ruin a te- television show. I wouldn't say it can completely ruin it, but it doesn't feel like it's earned. Um, so let's talk about this bullshit of brand being king. Um, now you can probably see different sides to it, and if you like all this stuff, before I get, before I start, you know, getting into my points and everything like that, if you like this show, and if you like, so if, especially if you like this, something, and not just gives you like the show, we all love the show, but if you like how this season has gone, how season seven has gone, if, if you like this finale, that's great, that's good. Uh, you know that's. I'm glad you do. I'm I'm glad you do like it, but this is just this is just my opinion. Again, this don't have to come at me because it's just my opinion. I'm not saying that you're wrong for liking this. Like your taste in movies, and TV's, shows a shit. You should be crucified and stoned. No, if you love it, great. Great, but this is. This is, this is, this is what I think. And this is, this is what, you know, I think this is what a lot of people have, have thought. And I've been, I have been like blind to what they've been saying, like blindly following this season or following the last season as well. But I do see now more, a bit more clearly, I think, where there's, there's, these problems lie especially when you put this uh, this season with all the other seasons and how this show is just its quality has just dropped in these last two seasons um, mostly been the writing um, so Tyrion is um, he pretty much what he does is he when he throws his pin down, I thought first of all I thought Daenerys was going to fucking kill him right there and there. But no, he's got plot armor, so he's got to be, he's got to go all the way to the um, end. Um, he's in shackles. Grey Worm brings him out. First of all, John sees Grey Worm, tells him not to execute a soldier, and he says I got orders from Daenerys to do it. He kills him, and then John goes to see Daenerys. So Grey Worm's back in the city, right? Grey Worm's back in the city. This is what kind of pissed me off as well. It's a little bit of a nitpick, but it also is just very very obvious and jarring as well. He gets to the steps, sees Daenerys, and then Grey Worm's the fucking first person there. How the fuck did Grey Worm get there before he did? It just makes no sense. The whole... It's just weird. It's it's a weird geography. And um, it's just jarring for him to go like, there, there. When when that happened, I was like, help, help. You You can't help but notice that shit, you know? Um, so he's first asked not to speak when he is, uh, you've got all the lords and ladies of all the kingdoms are in the, I guess the gladiator, gladiatorial pit of, uh, King's Landing. Um, so they're all there. This is, it's where they sat when, um, the White Walk was brought to Cersei. But they're all there. So if you have, uh, I believe it's, um, Edmure Tali, Sam Tarly. Uh, you've got Yara Greyjoy, of Stark, I Stark, Bran Stark, Ugh. and um, you have two others there, but I f- I, forgive me, I forget who they are. So you've got them there, and they're all waiting to see what has happened, because they've known that Jon has killed Daenerys, and they're going to find out who is the new king. So who is the new king? Tyrion goes to speak, Graham says, you do not speak! You do not speak. And then he speaks again, but he's asked, he's allowed to speak the second time, which is again, just fucking what? For the writing again, it's, and that was definitely to serve plot and for him just for Peter Dinglish to deliver another monologue. It was literally just that. I'm sorry, but it was just, it was just, it was that it was for him just to deliver another monologue so he can have another moment. And, um, he can talk about Bran having a story. Um, you know, being the Three-Eyed Raven, so he has to be the king. This is, this is what I, didn't, I don't agree with. First of all, my least favourite character in this show is Bran. He's boring as fuck. Um, he gets pushed out a window, he gets paralysed, and he gets wheeled around for like five, four or five seasons That becomes the Three-Eyed Raven, all-knowing, all-doing, fuck-all, I don't know. Anyway, he can see he can see some future. He can walk into animals. He can do all this shit, but it's not it's not interesting when your character doesn't have a personality. Like it's nothing against Isaac Hempstead, right? But your Brand is just such a fucking boring character. He's such a fucking boring character. He does nothing. He does nothing. As soon as he falls out of that window, Brand Stark becomes a fucking plot device. And that's that's the truth. Um, he be, honestly becomes a plot device, and I've got I've got questions about him down down um uh, after this, but it was just ridiculous. Like it was just fucking ridiculous. I couldn't I couldn't believe it when, I mean I wasn't really audible about it when we watched it first, but I just couldn't fucking believe it when it was just like I swear to God, if they give brand if these if he's his brand. If he says Bran, he looks at Bran and and I'm just like, oh fuck, he's going to say Bran. And he says Bran, I'm like, what the fuck? He says that Bran has a better story, but Jon Snow has gone from being a Stark bastard that joined the Night's Watch to becoming the King in the North, killing a White Walker, getting killed, then resurrected, riding a dragon, and then killing the Mad Queen, that is his aunt, to protect the realm from her tyranny. To protect everyone. What the fuck has Bran Stark done? He can see the future. And first of all, because he can see the future, this is going to be a bit, sorry, I'm getting a bit passionate here, but first of all, he can see the future. He just sat there and just let all this shit happen? As soon as, soon as he became through Eyed raven he was like, well, first, of, so first of all, the White Walker's going to attack, I'm going to do fuck all. And just sit there, walk into a crow, look where the Nightwalker, the fucking Night King is again. And then when the Nightwalker, the Wildwalker comes to me, I'm just going to let Tyrion, um, fucking Theon, sorry, Theon Greyjoy, die right in front of me. And then, you know what, I'm going to let Daenerys just fucking kill heaps of people. Just, just, just fucking let us slaughter the whole of King's Landing. And I'm just going to sit there and do fuck all. And just let it all happen. Just so I can become king. What a selfish fucking handicapped cunt you are. Um just fucking hate brand <laughs> Fucking hate brand, man. Holy shit. Just the one, one of the worst characters I've ever fucking one of the most worst and boring characters I've ever seen in a fictional storytelling. And like he can, he's probably better in the books because it probably does rely on him more in the books because it's a big part of prophecies and this, the book's all about prophecies. This show kind of says, fuck off to the prophecies, but um, I don't know about the prophecies. So I can't really, um, I don't think, I don't feel it's right to talk about my problem with the the prophecies being absent from the show. But, so I'm not going to get about the, I'm not going to talk about the prophecies, but uh, I am going to talk about Bran Stark being the worst character though. And then he says, why do you think I've come all this way? So again, he's just let everything happen. And it's just a bullshit line. Why do you think I've come all this way, smug bitch? Fuck me. Oh, that was so... It was just so fucking disappointing, man. For Bran Stark to be king. And then the first thing he does is just... He tries to find a dragon. He doesn't even... He's not even part of his small council. I know the small council is Primarily run by your um, hand. But holy shit. Holy shit, cunt. Fuck. How just. What a fucking letdown. And just wow, just really bad and lazy riding. Really, really, really bad lazy riding. Jesus Christ. Yeah, sorry if you're coming off like the podcast from last week, and they're just seeing this whole contrast now. But yeah, I've 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 explained what is you know why 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 I feel this way after everything. Um, so don't have to say it again. But yeah, it's like you you could say I flipped like the Mad Queen in just two episodes. But um, oh man, and there's like this. Do the lords and ladies just believe he's like? The Three-Eyed Raven? Do they just go... And then they all just say... Oh, yeah, oh, Bran Stark. Yeah, Bran Stark's the perfect, perfect candidate to be king of the realm. Just because you can see f- the f- um, just futures. Not the future. Different futures. So other shit could happen. But it, it seems like just for the fucking convenience of the show... He let all this happen so he could become king. What do you think I came all the way down here? Fuck off. Um, yeah, so that was, I was not happy with that at all. That was very, very disappointing. And I think the majority of the fan base is disappointing. And I know there's some, there's some, I think the petitions are ridiculous, first of all. Um, because I'm always on the side of, um, people trying to create and trying to make shit. But when it comes to just not caring anymore, really fucking pisses me off. Really fucking pisses me off. If you want to make a, if you were trying to make this show into in-depth the source material, they were offered 10 episodes for each season, but they wanted to finish this um, in 13 episodes. Seven in, um, sorry, just getting at something. Seven in season seven, and then six in um, season eight. And I just think it's, it's not enough. We needed way more time. We need way more time. This should have been done in... I think we really needed 10 episodes, either for the last season or this season. I think probably this season. I think we needed probably like 8 in the last season and then 10 in this season. Or just give us the whole 20 again. Because they were offered it. Because they were given all the the time and the budget from HBO to do all this stuff. But then Benioff and Weiss said, no, we're just going to do it in 13 episodes and rush the whole fucking thing. Because who the fuck cares about good writing and having a very effective and sense of finality to everything it's called the finale for a fucking reason um, yeah just holy shit man what a what a letdown what a bloody letdown um, so it wraps up after Bran becomes king Aria Sailing to the West, I liked that. I liked Aria Sailing to the West. So, you know, that's not all negative. Um, as I said, I did like the first half, and I liked Aria, Aria Sailing to the West. That was good. Don't know what's worse west Westeros. Funny if she just ends up in Essos again, because the map is infinite. Uh, the map just goes around like that map, like if, um, what is it? Uh, is, I think it's Mario. What happens when you go... Pac-Man, I think. When you, you go off the... Yeah, it's Pac-Man. When you go off the map and you come back in. What if it's that? She just ends up in like... Um, yee T or something. Um in the east. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, I'd like Santa becoming Queen of the North. That was good. First of all, that throne is dope. Love that throne. Don't know about that crown, but loved the throne. What a dope throne. Loved it. Loved her little outfit. I liked how it had like the weirwood tree leaves on it and shit. That was really fucking cool. Loved that. Costume designers. Mwah! Love yous. Beautiful stuff there. Um, John going back to Castle Black to me made no fucking sense at all. Um, there's no more White Walkers and there is no point for that wall to be there anymore because the, the Night's the Knights Watch are the Watchers on the Wall. And uh, what have they got to watch now? They're there to protect the realm from the White Walkers... But there's no more White Walkers. So why? what's the point of the Night's Watch? I guess that's why he just goes to Castle Black, immediately gets the Wildlings, and just fucks off to the, <laughs> to the rest of the North. So I don't, you know, I don't really, I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but it was all made up when he petted Ghost because holy shit, did I get, I love that. Did I love that. Finally, Ghost was petted. They didn't pet Ghost in Episode 4, so he could be petted in episode 6. And my God was a good pet. Good pet. He booted him on the snoot. He gave him a little he gave him a little uh you know, he gave him a little rub, and then ghost had a smile, and it was fucking beautiful. God I love dogs. Oh, it's beautiful, he's a good boy. Um So I kind of made up for it, but I mean, that was the best fucking scene of the whole, uh, that was, yeah, that was the best scene of the whole episode. Sorry. Um, I really didn't like, so when we got to the small council, first of all, I like the small council. I like that Tyrion is the hand. It'd be cool if Davos was the hand, but I kind of see why he's now the master of ships, which is great. Really fits him. So I like that Tyrion is the hand of Bran. Um, oh God, it still sounds weird to say. I like that Tyrion is the hand. I like that Bran, I think Bran's the Kingsguard which is what Jamie was so it's good to see her you have Bronn who's the Master of Coin Um, interesting but I was okay with it I guess and then you had Sam who's the Grand Maester so um, that made sense because you know that's what he did he went to the Citadel to study all that shit so that's why he's the Grand Maester and Davos, our beautiful, beautiful, the Onion Knight himself, Davos Seaworth, is the Master of Ships. So I like that small council. I liked the meeting. I didn't mind, um, Tyrion f- fixing the chairs and everything. I do know if a lot of people hated that, but I didn't really mind that. <laughs> um, I didn't care. I just, it was just, it was, I guess it was just to pat out the runtime, but I, don't, I didn't really mind it. Um... But I hated, oh man, I hated that meta, that book scene. When they pull out, when Sam pulls out the book and it's called The Song of Arse and Fire, then Tyrion's like, what does it say about me? <coughs> what the fuck? When has the show ever been meta? When? When has it ever been meta? This just goes back, this again just goes to the fucking lazy writing and how bad it's been and how little care has gone into this episode. And there's a water bottle in one of the scenes as well. Starbucks Cup. No, not Starbucks. Craft Services Cup in episode four. And then in episode five, Jamie's hand's there because the continuity team's just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is the end of the season. We're getting paid. Ben Elf and Watson are Star Wars. I'm going on a holiday in a week. Fuck it. I don't really know if they're going on a holiday or because they're probably going on to more work. But still, holy shit. You can just tell how much care has gone into that season. How much of an... <coughs> no, not caring has gone into this latest season. Um, and it just doesn't make sense for the the show. The show has never really done anything like that. It just really felt really weird and just not jarring, but just like it was just I was just like, Ugh. I just got that kind of feeling. I was like, oh, why, why? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Um, so I want to give it to the, first of all, before I, before I, before I finish off, I want to give it to series creators, um, the series directors, sorry, One, mon- wonderful work, masterful work. I want to shout out Miguel Sapochnik and David Nutter, who has been my favorite directors of the series that have worked in the series. My, my favorite writers of the series have been Brian Cogman and Dave Hill. And um, Cogman did a lot of great episodes. So I think Cogman would be my favorite. And he does a fucking great episode. And oh my God, let us all bow down to Raman Jawadi, who is the composer of this show. Fucking mesmerizing, mesmerizing music. He's also, he also does really, really cool piano covers on um, Westworld as well. Um, so hats off to them. Um, the visual of the show, the cinematography of this show has been in. Just fucking awesome. Just incredible. Some of the shots from the Battle of Winterfell, even though it was a bit dark, um, was fucking awesome. It was just fucking awesome. Like, the, the cinematography in these later seasons, they're, they're, even though the writing has suffered, the cinematography has been amazing. The visuals have been great. The VFX team has knocked it out of the park. And I want to finally ha- give a hands to the production design team as well. They have been made... F- amazing sets really really impressive sets um, and especially after watching like all the um, game revealed stuff after each episode in these last two seasons and the inside the episode uh, but especially the game revealed little mini documentaries you get out <coughs> that HBO releases after each episode really gets you to appreciate how much work even though the writing like hasn't been good uh, how much work from the crew has gone into this episode, um, to this to this um show. Oh, this thing's like my throat; it keeps coming up. <clears throat> really, really makes you appreciate just how much effort has gone in from this fucking production design team and the whole crew, really, that have worked on this show. Just amazing stuff. Stunt team, great stuff. Um, but. <clears throat> It's just really, really unfortunate that the writing and the execution has just fucking dipped in these last two seasons and we've just ended on such a shitty note. Such a, I never, never thought in, in, in my years of watching this show that this, the finale of this epic show, I called it okay. It's really, really fucking disappointing. Um, it's a great TV show. It still remains my second favorite of all time. Um, I mean, that, again, it doesn't discredit what we saw in the earlier seasons and what the quality we got there. This is still a fantastic, fantastic, one of the best shows of all time. You'll never, I I think you'll probably never get a show like this again for a, for, for, um, a few years or a long time because they just, the, the scale of this show has been Epic. And uh, I don't think we'll see anything for a while like it. Um, and it's it's just it's just sad and frustrating that such an an epic TV show has gone out on such a sound and subpar note. Um, just oh man, if you want an example on how to make a first of all a incredible television show. And finish it. Have it been so consistent throughout, and then finishing on such a high note. Breaking Bad is your exa- is your answer and your example. Uh, Breaking Bad is my favourite television show of all time. It's I've never seen such a consistent show. Yes, even the Fly episode is a fucking great character developing episode. Um, ending on such a fantastic episode. Such um uh, uh, Felina. And having an even better episode, somehow, before that, Ozymandias. um, Which is directed, uh, fun fact, directed by Ryan Johnson. Uh, It is the all-time best, and that is how... That just shows you that Vince Gilligan cared about this show right until the end. Right until the end. And... um, It's just... It's just... Yeah, man. It's... It's frustrating that this show has gone on to just end like this. Um, like I've got, to, I've got questions. Like, what was the point of Arya's whole assassin arc for the whole series? Like, ever since season five, Arya goes to the um, to the House of Black and White to train with the Faceless Men to learn from you know the abilities of the Faceless God, and she can take faces and she can kill people and um, you know surprise attack them and shit like that. She does. She does do that when she kills all the Freys and kills Walder, and then it's never done again. She jumps. She could have like used Bran or Theon to do the to kill the Night King, but it, instead she just jumps on him, and um, from out of nowhere. And I guess that comes from that kind of training as well. But we just don't see because it's the faceless men. That is that. That is how specific that the House of Black and White was. How that religion was, how that, I guess, that guild, that Assassin's Guild was. It was the Faceless Men. You do that, and it just doesn't, it just has no payoff at all. She just becomes a pirate. She becomes a pirate at the end. That's it. She becomes a pirate. Um, Brian walks into Crows in episode 3 just to look at the Night King, I guess. Just to look at him. So I don't get, I don't get, there's no payoff there. What the fuck was the point of that horse in the last episode? Um, the white horse? She. You think she rides at King's Landing and probably goes to Winterfell, but no, she's still in King's Landing. And, um, where'd the horse go? What was the point of that horse? Was it just to show, like, oh my god, we can be poetic and magical and, and, um, you know, we can be show this important moment and, and like, oh, and people, people look at it and be like, oh, that's, that's Death's horse. Oh, that's Arya's Death riding that horse. And then it's just fucking gone in the next episode. So, what's the point of that? There's no effect. Um, John being at Aegon Targaryen—that means nothing now. That he's just gone to the night Watch—that means nothing. And then, and then, oh man, I hated the—I hated, hated with a passion—in the uh, when the end of the Small Council meeting when Bronn's talking about building brothels over, you know, repairing ships and all the buildings and all like that. And then you kind of get them talking and then the camera's kind of panning out and then you're kind of still talking and they're being funny and everything like that. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? What the fuck is going on? It, 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 it's like one of those uh, pan-outs like pan during a comedy film where they're like, oh man, like you should do this, blah, 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 blah. And the camera's panning out, and it's just like, oh my God, we've got so many adventures, guys coming toward, you know, coming next and stuff like that. And it's just panning out. It felt like that. It felt so fucking cheap. And I never expected that from a show like this. And again, that's how I watched Little Cares go on this fucking episode and how shit the fucking writing is. Um, so yeah. If you want a good ending, watch Breaking Bad, because you'll get one. And uh, I even suggest watching Barry on HBO as well. I mean, I talked about Barry on the last episode, but yeah, Barry's season finale blew my dick off. And um, I cannot wait for season three. And I I, honestly, I really hope Barry ends on a high note as well. I think Bill Hader and Alec Burke can pull it off, but we'll see how it goes. (coughs) Because we're only in episode... um, only in episode uh three right now, so. Uh in season three right now, as of as of uh, now. But um yeah, that's what I think of Game of Thrones, man. Um of the finale. Again, it's still my favorite second TV show of all time, but <clears throat> it's just it's just really frustrating they had to have end like that, man. It, it's really frustrating they had to have end like that. And um I guess good luck, Benioff and while still Star Wars. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I don't really watch Star Wars now, so that's not really going to affect me as much. Again, in the end of the day, it's just a television show. And I'm going to sleep good tonight. And, um, you know, just live my life still. But, um, you know, I definitely feel for everybody who has been so invested. I've been invested as well, but there's so many people that have dedicated most the of their life, named their fucking children after these characters and invested themselves in eight years of this show, and then just being treated, being given that subpar shit as the end. Um, yeah. Why? Anyway, guys, that's it. I'm going to shut the hell up now about Game of Thrones. Isn't that great? (laughs) Um, I just want to finish off by talking about, um, excuse me, so I'll finish off by talking about um, just some stuff that is has um, recent movie news has come out. So we got some news about Robert Pattinson is probably going to be the new Batman, new Bruce Wayne, with Matt Reeves' film, The Batman, as we know about Affleck, dropped out of directing and then eventually is no longer Batman. So, and now we're focusing on a younger Batman and then there's looking at casting there's some dream casting going along. And Robert Pattinson is the dream cast for... um oh. That's a console. (laughs) Is the um, person... That has been casted to be um, Batman. And the villains have been revealed to be... The Penguin and Catwoman. Uh, I just want to offer my little dream cast for that. (coughs) I just want to offer my uh, casting for that. I think Josh Gad would be a good Penguin. I think he would be a very interesting Penguin. Love to see Josh Gad as Penguin. And for Catwoman... I know people are looking at Kristen Stewart and um, I think Ruby Rose, I think, for Catwoman. Uh, but I'm not really a fan of Ruby Rose, really. And she's already Batwoman on um, C- CW. But I'd like to see Isaac Gonzalez to be Catwoman from um, Baby Driver. She plays Darling in Baby Driver. Um, she was, I, I really like to see her as Catwoman. It'd be really interesting to see her as Catwoman, I think. Um, and it's... <clears throat> I'm not sure when this film's coming out, but um, I think it's 2021, I think. But I'm, I'm very... I'm very I'm, I'm now much more interested in watching it now that there, it looks like Rob Pattinson is going to be casted. Um, he's well, 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 well past um, the um, Twilight kind of um, phase that, he's, that he went on and everyone hated him. Um, Good Time. You need to watch Good Time. He is fantastic in that movie. Um, he's really good in High Life. I really enjoyed him in High Life and he's getting great praise right now at the Cannes Film Festival for The, for the Lighthouse, um, Robert Eggers' new film. And um, even Kristen Stewart, who I mentioned before, she's come a long way as well. She's great. But Robert Pattinson really, to me, has... Um <coughs> I thought it was Kristen Stewart before. Robert Pattinson is... is um. He's an actor to watch, I think, at the moment. And it's because you're not watching the right films he's in. Like, I've, I've talked to a friend of mine who said, What? He's fucking shit. He was, in, he was in Twilight. And I was like, yeah, but have you seen Good Time? Have you seen um, High Life? He was alright in Damsel, even. And now I'm really keen to see The Lighthouse. Because uh, that looks really, really cool. So, um... <clears throat> Loving that. Loving the Batman stuff. Interested to see what happens there. Um, and I'm going to finish off by talking about some um, trailers. <coughs> Jesus. That was a hefty one. Um, By talking about some trailers. We got the trailer from Midsommar coming out, which is Ari Aster's uh, follow-up from Hereditary. It looks really creepy. Um, Florence Pugh, I've loved her since Lady Beth. Liked her liked her in Outlaw King. And um, I think she's going to be really good here in Midsommar. you got Jack Rayner as well, Will Poulter, and Farris. Um, I forget the guy's name. He plays um, Gigi in um, Good Place. I forget his actor's name, but it looks really, really interesting. It's about a festival that's like every 90 years that takes place, and it's like the daytime, and it's it just just looks art. it's just really, really cool. Um, I like the kind of um, the color palette of it all, and I really liked what this trailer gave us. Um, that transition from the hotel was it the hotel the, the 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 bathroom in the house to the to the airplane bathroom. Oh, oh, living for it, living for it. Uh, we've got a trailer for The Dead Don't Die, but a Red Band trailer. That looks really good. Jim Jarmusch's new zombie film. That recently played at Cannes as well. And um, people are liking that. I've seen I've seen a few negative reviews as well, but I'm gonna I'm really keen for it. Uh, love Pattinson. Love what he's done before um, as well. And um, the cast, uh, Adam Driver, Bill Murray, Sonny Gomez, um, Collie Stavigny. Keen for that, keen for that, keen to see what happens there. Um we got a trailer for it too. People have already talked about that already, I guess. But that looks really good. Uh, that looks even creepier than the first one, I'll say. Jeez. That looks creepy as shit. <laughs> I loved how we got that whole scene with Beverly and the old woman, and then you got that weird movement that um um Uh, what the? Oh, I forgot We I forgot... Andrew Machete. Andrew Machete, is that his name? Andy Machete, sorry. That did with Mama, how we got that movement, and then we got a bit of it in um, It, but that movement that that woman does when she's... she's kind of... uh, she gets the cookies and then she does the weird kind of arm shit. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was. I was like, shit. <laughs> that's very unsettling. <laughs> and uh, I think that makes for a more effective horror film, I think, more than those cheap jump scares. So, um, that's interesting to see. I really liked the first It. Um, I really, really liked it. But I think this one's going to get even better, especially because of the cast. I love the kids, don't get me wrong. But I think um, uh, I think. Sorry, excuse me. I think this one will be um, just as good, and I think they can really um, stick the landing if they don't do a sort of. Um, let, me, let me see. Uh, I think the miniseries, the parts of the miniseries. I haven't seen the parts, the miniseries, but I've heard that the second part with the adults is just. Bad, like it's actually bad. Bad acting, just bad. Um, so, you know, it'd be. It'd be um, I'm really keen to see what they do here. You've got Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James McAvoy. I mean, fuck, man. It's already good cars. And you got the um, the Liz as well. Um, and then finally, we got another trailer for uh, Book <coughs> which is Olivia Wilde's film. Um, it's looking really good, um, I like Caitlyn Deaver, I like Benny Feldstein, and it um, looks really, really funny, people are calling it the female equivalent to Superbad, female version of Superbad really, and uh, they're saying it's actually wonderfully directed by Olivia Wilde, There's great performances, a really cool film about sisterhood, and you know, um, the uh, value of that. But also being a really, really funny comedy. It's like kind of like a, a funnier ladybird, people are calling it. Uh, whereas a ladybird was about a daughter and her mother. This is about a two friends. The sisterhood. <laughs> so um, keen for that. That looks really, really good. We're getting that in August, I believe. Um, or July. I think we're getting in July. Look, America's getting it in May. And we're going to get it in July in Australia. So we've got to wait a bit more longer. But... Um... Keen... F- keen for when that drops. And, uh... That'll about wrap it up, guys. I need to... I'm getting really fucking tired. So I'm going to get to sleep. Because uh, I've got a bit of a day tomorrow. So that about it. Um... Those are my Game of Thrones thoughts. Those are the trailers we're getting. Um... The Cannes Film Festival just wrapped. We had some great films play there. Um... I think we got Two Old... Two Die... Two Old to Die Young. Which is, um... Nick Ren- Winding Refn's new TV series. And I can't wait to see that. Um us some previews of that or something? Something. I need to see something, please. Um, one of my favourite filmmakers. Uh, we got the showing of the um, of Dead Don't Die, uh, the Lighthouse. So, and we got Rocketman Man as well. That's been getting some good reviews as well. So I, I'm really keen for that when that comes out. Because um, uh, Dexter Fletcher did Bohemian Rhapsody, but I feel like more work has been has gone into Rocket Man from him. So interesting to um <clears throat> check that out that's about wraps it up guys that about wraps it up um <laughs> your, uh your movie guy's done here so um again follow me on spotify follow the podcast on spotify it's KC at the movies podcast on spotify follow it You'll get all the episodes as soon as they're uploaded to the RSS feed. You'll just get them straight away. And then tonight, you're getting two episodes at once. What? Two episodes? Yeah, two fucking episodes. And uh, subscribing up a podcast, I'm over there as well. And if you want to jump on me on uh, Instagram, I'm KC Movies Podcast, not KC at Movies Podcast. I am kcmoviespodcast Movies Podcast on Instagram. Would appreciate the follow and um, your support. I am um, on Facebook as Kyle Cruz. Don't add my personal one. Jump on the public. Ask me questions there. And if you want to check out some of my thoughts on the latest films, go on my letterbox. and check out my reviews on there, because um, some, there's, some, there's some nice content over there. If you know what I mean, um, it's good stuff. And uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends who love film, love movies, to give me a follow. Because um, really, really appreciate the support. And if you've supported me already, thank you so much for supporting what I do. Um, I really want to, you know, make this into a, a, a normal thing. I love, I love talking about film. You guys know I've been wanting to get a microphone another microphone, get more guests on, get a bit more professional, get a website up and running. So the more you guys give me the support, the more motivation I'm going to get, and then the more that helps me in um, creating something and improving the quality of this thing. So thank you so much for doing that. So uh, do all that. Follow on Spotify. scroll on our podcast. Follow on Instagram and KCMV's podcast. And guys, I'll um, be talking about Detective Pikachu next week because I'll we'll be finally going to see that uh, on uh, Wednesday night, tomorrow night. So... Um, I'll see you then. We're looking to get back to uh, regularly scheduled on Tuesdays. Um, I know I talked about doing it kind of whenever, but I'm going to look at kind of a schedule. So expect a new one on Tuesdays, probably Wednesday morning. I'll be recording on Tuesday night, and they'll be getting released Wednesday morning. So that is when you'll be getting everything. um, Yeah. So uh, I will talk to you guys then. Have a great week. Stay safe. And uh, cheers.